You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. You're listening to the Empowered Woman, Badass and Unfiltered Podcast, a place for inspiration, empowerment, and personal development. Showcasing badass women from all over the world, giving tips on personal development, mindset, and healing. I'm your host, Olivia, transformational success coach for spiritual female entrepreneurs. Now let's dive into this episode. Welcome back to the Empowered Woman Badass and Unfiltered Podcast. As always, I have phenomenal guests, and this one does not fall short at all. Today, I have Vanessa Zami, and we're talking about how to really, you know, stay consistent and thrive through this pandemic when there's so much uncertainty. And she is a business expert, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and a professor dedicated to helping purpose-driven business owners calmly and confidently succeed in full-time entrepreneurship. Since starting her business while employed in 2019, Vanessa was able to peacefully and calmly leave her six-figure salary corporate day job before it became a trend. Through her consulting company, Your Visions Catalyst, Vanessa Zami works with high-achieving, ambitious CEOs to increase their efficiency, productivity, and profitability so they can reduce overwhelm while growing their profit-producing purpose-driven business. Vanessa has been featured in Fast Company, NPR Marketplace, numerous other stages, and now the Empowered Woman, Badass and Unfiltered. I think that's just so cool to like, you know, put my thing in there with like, I'm happy to be here. Happy to be here. Yes. Her, guys, you got to check out her links. They are in the show notes below. Definitely follow her on LinkedIn, Facebook, and check out her website. She's also um, given a resource for you to do her virtual two-hour masterclass. So definitely check that out as well. Vanessa, it's such a pleasure to have you. I'm so happy to be here, Olivia. So happy to be here. Yes. I mean, as we know, or maybe if you haven't known, depending on when you guys listen to this, but NPR released an article a few weeks ago in the middle of January that, you know, stated that over 500 million businesses, new businesses came on the market just last year, over 500 million compared to, it was in a 400 million-ish range in 2020, right? And so before the pandemic, it was probably less than that, right? So we definitely have a lot of businesses that are forming, um, or a lot of business owners that are just continuing to enter the marketplace, which is amazing. And I'm excited to just be here and talk about how to plan, how to help them plan for success, right? In any economic, political, and social da- disaster, because the pandemic is not the only thing that's going to come your way. So, yes. 
there's, there's so many stresses with, you know, starting a business and um, I know, you know, but I just want to know what is the wrong business approach to a pandemic or an economic disaster? The wrong approach I would say is essentially it's the approach is panic. Well, the wrong approach is the usual approach, I would say. It's the usual approach that people take. So the usual approach that people take is that, you know, there's panic, uncertainty, confusion, grief. You know, I mean, you had even in the beginning of the pandemic, the so-called COVID pandemic, the beginning of that, you had a lot of people who essentially just quit their business, right? They quit their business. They just stopped it. They said, oh, can't do it. Oh, like. No more customers are coming in. Oh, the streets are closed. Looks like I gotta close my business, right? And so, and that came, that sort of reaction, that decision, so to speak, not even react, it was a decision based off of a reaction. That reaction was that panic, that uncertainty, that confusion, right? And really at the end of the day, it's planning is not guaranteed. When it comes to a business, right? Planning is not guaranteed. Like when it comes to life, planning is not guaranteed. But definitely when it comes to business, planning is not guaranteed. Like life happens, business happens. And so you need to understand how to go when entrepreneurship comes to play, right? Someone was asked me the other day, actually, you know, someone asked me earlier today, they said, what is one word that you would use to describe entrepreneurship? And the first word that came to mind was flexibility, right? And it is very crucial as a business owner. You may not call yourself an entrepreneur, but you own a business, <laughs> right? You're effectively an entrepreneur, but essentially you need to be flexible. And so the wrong approach is to say, you know what? Looks like this is the end. For my business, cancel. Bye, everyone. <laughs> it was nice knowing you. That is the wrong way. Yeah, you have to be willing to think outside of the box. You have to be willing to. And my my idea that came up was like all I kept hearing in 2020 was pivot, pivot, pivot. <laughs> like you know, and, and in order to pivot, you got to be flexible. Um, and yeah, I, I there were a lot of people that did put their. They, they, they let their thoughts get ahead of them. Yeah. And the thing is that a lot of people, they heard the word pivot and they pivoted in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Right. So pivot was then taken to mean, oh, pivot. Okay, cool. So I'm going to cancel the business. I'm doing a whole completely new business. Or look, I'm pivoting. I'm canceling my business. I'm going back to the corporate. I'm pivoting. See, I'm following the instructions. I'm pivoting. Oh. Right. And it's not about, you know, quite necessarily pivoting strategically, intentionally, and intelligently. It's all about making conscious tweaks, making, you know, research-based tweaks to your business, to your strategy, so that you can continue to show up for your mission and your vision, your clients and your customers. That's what it really means to pivot, right? It's not about just changing something. Not every change is a pivot. Not every change is a pivot, right? A pivot is a change, but not every change is a pivot, right? At least not in the sense of being strategic, intentional, and intelligent. Absolutely. You, you are onto something there. I, I appreciate you, you know, going into that extra clarification too, because yeah, no, not every pivot is, um, no, it's not. Um, what, what were now you left your business, like you left your six figure salary in 2019 and then 2020 hits and you do public one. Oh, okay. Okay. You started in 2019, but you left in 2021. Started my business in 2019 while I had my day job. So I kept my day job while doing my business. Where a lot of people, what they're doing is that they're saying, oh, I have an idea. Okay, let me quit. 
because they're saying to themselves, oh yeah, like it's easy to do business. There are like 500 businesses. It must be easy. 500 million people are starting businesses. It must be an easy thing to do. So then they'll get an idea, then they just quit. Because they think, you know, six figures in six days, six weeks, whatever it may be. Um, and so what I did, I started my business and then while doing my day job, I still was getting promoted at my day job. I was still, you know, getting bonuses and raises and still getting the game there. And also growing my business to a point where I then, in early 2021, I then essentially just calmly constantly said goodbye. I gave them a one month notice, actually. I gave them a one month notice um, and they wanted me to stay more. And I said, it's time for me to go. <laughs> time for me to go. <laughs> um, and decided to take my business then full time. I love that for you. Um, how has that transition been? Because I know that, I mean, I made a similar transition, but yours is, you know, yours is different. You started your business in 2019 and, um, you know, you do other speaking events as well. And and that's something, a space I'm breaking into more, but, um, you know, with the changes with the pandemic, you know, what were some of the things that you realized that you had to do along, um, your journey? terms of, I'd say, then the reason why I kept the business while doing the day job was so that the transition didn't have to be some big, like, go homeless for a week, Vanessa, go, go homeless. And then from that, from the ashes, God will become a fiend. Right? Like, no, I didn't want to do all that. Um, I didn't, also didn't think it was a necessary thing to do, um, to go homeless to build a business. Like, absolutely not. And so, and especially, you know, when, when you've already been low and you now you make it to a certain point, you don't want to go backwards. Why would I go backwards? Why in the world would I go backwards? So for me, it just wasn't, it didn't make sense to me. Right. And so at the time when I then made the transition to full-time, like sort of business of that, right. Full-time entrepreneurship, full-time business ownership, whatever you want to call it. When I then made that transition into that full-time space, I was, my business was at a place where it just made sense. Like it wasn't like a, Oh, I am now panicked and uncertain and I'm still going to, quit and go full in because for those probably listening right being financially stressed in your business being emotionally stressed in your business it does not help your business especially a service-based business owner right you can't get like if you're a product-based business you might be able to hide but as a service-based business owner where I have to get on the calls with people and say hey hire me right they will sense that there's something that they're going to say they may not know what they're sensing but there's something that they will sense and they'll say, something's a little bit off. And they're going to sense any emotional stress I have, any financial stress that I have, any sort of doubts or worry or panic or uncertainty or confusion that I, that will be sensed on the call. Or, and it, not only that, but I was doing like Zoom calls, right? So they, they would sense that, <laughs> um, right? So with that being said, especially I made that transition for me when my business ended up being at a space where I felt confident and calm about it to make that transition. Right. And because we talked about the wrong way to approach economic, political, social disaster, the right way is to be in a place where you are you're doing that quick inhale, quick exhale, breathe calm, and just remember that, as Warren Buffett says, as many other successful people have said, um, wealthy people have said, winner, there are winners and losers in every market. There are winners and losers in every market. Right. And many people chose to be a loser. Some people are choosing to be a winner. Right. But that's a decision that you that, you know, anyone can make for anyone listening. You can make as a listener, as an audience member, you can decide anyone can decide to be a winner. Right. It's just like you got to make the decision to be the winner. Instead of being a panic state, being reactive, you can decide to be a winner, because once you decide to be a winner, then your next question is, well, Vanessa, how do I win? Right. And so or, you know, you ask yourself, how do I win? And then you start being more action oriented and more forward thinking in terms of actually 
pivoting strategically versus just, you know, putting everything, burning everything in the fireplace and just going, ah, the ends, no more. Um, we don't want that. We essentially um, want you to decide to be a winner and be a winner effectively and strategically when it comes to your business. So for me, I made that transition when I knew that it made sense to make that transition. And when I made sense to make that transition was essentially when I found myself really this in, was like, you know, open a laptop for work. And then I would always get tired. It was draining. It was like, oh, it was like draining. It was more draining in like a boring way of like, oh, okay, I think I'm done with this now. You know, at some point I just looked at my wrist and I was like, okay, I think it's time to go now. <laughs> and then that was pretty much what happened. And I sat with it for 24 hours. I was like, let's not make any drastic actions here. I sat with it for 24 hours and I put in my notice. Uh, I tried to give them a one month thing um, and just be respectful of all the products that I had on this because I was on the strategy team. I'm multi-billion dollar company. And it's like, okay, cool. Um, so I decided to make that shift when I knew it was this time to go in terms of then the challenges that arises afterwards. Um, so definitely in 2021, one thing I was working on was money mindset. Uh, and so things that, you know, you always want to things as you go along. You never really fix anything, I guess, but you more so solve it and make it more manageable. Um, but yeah, but one thing for me was more so money mindset and being more comfortable with like abundance as well too, um, as my own in a sense. Like as a... And versus, you know, getting that steady paycheck, it was more so getting that steady paycheck, but now I'm in control of that steady paycheck. But yeah, I'm able to put it into right, right words. So that's pretty much um, what was a transition for me, definitely in 2021. With your money mindset, and I love this because I've worked on my money mindset so much and I'm always working on it. I am always, I think that's just going to be something I'm going to be working on even if I become a billionaire, that's yeah. just gonna be something that I'm going to continue to work on. Yeah. Um, and for me, it, it just kind of sounds like for you, it's more of being open to receiving and, and being your own source of that abundance. Yeah. It was more so you explained it. Yeah. It was more so being, probably be my own source of it. If that made sense. Yeah. So less so, like, I was comfortable receiving once I received, but it was actually then getting to the, like, just being comfortable being the source of that receiving end. And so that that's really what essentially was what I was working on. Um, in 2021 was a really big part of that was just being comfortable with being that source of the receiving. What are some of the things that helped you the most with um, your money mindset? I would say the first thing was forgiveness of like, so forgiveness of myself in terms of decisions that I had made in the past or in the recent past um, towards my journey towards, because for example, I've invested over $120,000 in different business programs um, and courses, webinars, all the things. Um, and some of them were great. So then we're not great <laughs> and we're not, they, nope, we're not what they were promised. Um, and we're not definitely the high value that was invested into them. And so, but forgiving myself for, you know, making that decision, forgiving myself for, you know, essentially getting to that place. And so the first part was forgiveness. Forgiveness was a big part of that, forgiveness of myself. Um, and then the second part was, I want to say like ownership in a sense, but it was sort of ownership of like, and that goes back to that whole source thing, but sort of ownership that, you know, I had control to be different, right? So forgiveness of my past decisions and then owning what I wanted the present and future to be. 
And then essentially the third part, I would say it was definitely more so of, I don't know if it was sort of, it was more so an acknowledgement of the other voices in like my head which, you know, stem from limiting beliefs and childhood stuff and all that other jazz. Um, but at some point, for example, in, I think it was either sometime in the fall, but I realized I was like, I reached like, I realized I was like heading to towards like, so I had to reach like my highest month in income. And I was like, ooh, look at me. Yes. My highest income I ever had like in my business the past three years. I was like, ooh, yeah, look at me, right? And the next month, it was like, Oh my god, am I sabotaging myself? Oh my goodness, am I self-sabotaging? Oh! And then a month after that, I was like, oh my god, I think I'm self-sabotaging. Why am I self-sabotaging? What's going on? Um, so I ended up, I ended up um working with an amazing, amazing like therapeutic mindset person. Um, I was do one-on-one, I was get one-on-one help from people. That's on the story. Oh, uh, but essentially, with that being said, you know, he was able to essentially help me reprogram my sort of subconscious. Um, and really, well, first we dive deep into my subconscious and then reprogram the subconscious. And yeah, and so it's been pretty great. I'm still, still working on it in terms of, I was able to get like my own like video and I still listen to it every single day. And I'm probably gonna look, continue to listen to it for the rest of my life. Cause as you guys, you mentioned, right? You just continue to work on it. Um, continue to ensure you have a sort of that opposite voice coming in um, into your mind. But yeah, but I say it's forgiveness and then ownership. And then let's see, sort of a, a how do you describe it? Like a, yeah, like a inner voice challenge, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you so much for sharing all of that. And, you know, like just the amounts that you've, you know, poured and invested into it. And I almost feel like with the investing in the coaching industry, it's almost, it's almost like we're, we got into this game where it's like, they, they, it makes it sound like we have to do that to make certain money. Like, and, and I and that's mean, not true. it is not, it isn't, but it's like, you know, you can learn that the hard way. Yeah. You can't charge this much. No, because if you look in the past, there are plenty of other business owners that never even invested in coaching that were successful. Granted, they, they, it took them longer to learn the lessons they learned, but to me, they probably had some mentors too, who just mm-hmm. did for free. <laughs> right. Right. We, we always need people, but they didn't necessarily spend the same type of money mm-hmm. that we're spending now. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, and- all these ads that keep popping up, all these ads are like, oh, it's, it's like, and, and I had to kind of step away from that and also be like, you know, when you're listening to so many, for me specifically, it's like, I'll be listening to so many different people and like, okay, well, what do I think? You know, how do I really want to run my business? How do I really want to show up? And I've, I've realized um, during this time, you know, because I started mine in 2020 and it's just, I want to do something that is based off of a life that I want to live. Um, you know, I want to show up and pour into other people. I want to have amazing conversations with people. And I realize my, my, my life isn't going to be necessarily like somebody else's. So I, I see how, how necessarily like they run their business and it's, it's a great way to be like, okay, this is not necessarily what I want to do, you know? Um, and I know that you've probably seen and experienced that as well. Like certain people, they might not have the same level of integrity that you do, um, you know, 
they lose their integrity a lot because a lot of what I was doing also was I was you know investing in the like you know high power gurus was like oh they must know all the answers what you soon realize is that they knew the answers maybe seven years ago right but they're so far removed from whatever it is that they're selling you that it's like no longer even what they know anymore like it's they're kind of it's kind of just like they're they have other people running it but those people weren't the ones who got the business it's very interesting very interesting world <laughs> very interesting world um, but yes, but I definitely, and that's more part of the reason, like part of that forgiveness was me essentially saying, you know what? It happened. And here's what I learned from it. <laughs> I learned how I, I make those mistakes again. Right? Yeah. I was like, I learned how I don't want to be essentially. Right. It was like, I learned how I don't want to run my business. I learned how I don't want to um, grow. Like, for example, one of the things for them, I'm very solid that I'm going to continue doing one-on-one business strategy consulting, right? I'm not going to do group coaching. One may say, but Vanessa, how are you going to scale? The only way to scale is through group coaching. Ah, false. <laughs> and ask me about it on LinkedIn, okay? So with that being said, uh, essentially it's, you know, how am I going to go, how am I, I'm going to continue growing my business is training other people to be me for my framework, right? So I continue providing one-on-one support for people because at the stage of people who I'm working with, they need one-on-one support. They don't need, you know, to be told they need to create a niche, right? Every five seconds. They're creating that niche. What they need is, feedback on the niche that they created right they don't need to be told like create a niche like they're already doing that right and so it's one like there's one uh, analogy I made I remember there was one mastermind I was a part of um and other people were were experiencing the same pains that I was and I was like oh I'm not crazy okay great awesome <laughs> and so but one analogy I came up with without saying you know you have the people you act to design you hire someone you hire a designer and they can tell you know design your living room you go to the designer you say okay the designer comes to your house they look at the living room and they say all right, so Olivia, you should go to Home Depot. And that's my recommendation for you. And you're like, okay, thanks designer, <laughs> right? But in the back of your mind, you're like, wait a second. My neighbors told me that yesterday, right? Like, why did I decide this designer to tell me to go to Home Depot? That doesn't make sense. But then you could hire a designer and they say, okay, go to Home Depot and I suggest you go to the painting aisle, right? Which is better than the Home Depot because now you know, all right, the issue that's the issue with the living room is the paint, so to speak. Right? You change the paint, okay, great. But now you're wondering, okay, but what's the color of the paint? What, like, what, like, okay, and I go to the painting aisle, and there's so many colors. You're just like, where do I begin, <laughs> right? So the alternative, the option C, the third option is you hire a designer, and the designer says, okay, I want you to go to Home Depot. You're gonna get this purple paint, right, of this hue. Now you can get either this blue one or the purple one. That's up to you. But definitely, in order to get the, the to get the most out of your furniture that you have, you know, uh, I suggest you know painting it this blue and purple color, right? Oh, also by the way, you should get a primer. You know what a primer is? Let me tell you what a primer is. It's really great. It's gonna help to uphold the paint, whatever it may be, right? And but that's the person that you want. You want that person. You don't like you don't hire a consultant to just tell you to go to Home Depot. You can get that advice from anywhere. Go to YouTube to get that advice, right? I mean, honestly, at this point in time, you can just go to YouTube. Um, but you really want to ensure that you're getting specific tactical, specific advice, right? And so that was essentially a lesson that I learned was that that's how I would continue growing my business. And as and things I tried, I tested out the group coaching, I did. Um, but I realized for my clients, my ideal clients, my target audience, and even my existing clients, it just didn't work out effectively, right? In terms of what they actually needed, right? Because they were too busy to even come to the group time. <laughs> so it was like, okay, do you say they're not working hard enough because they're not coming to the group time? No, because they have 
they had work, right? They have priorities. They've already established something in the way that they manage their time. It's not necessarily around your time that you can dictate. I find that a lot of these group programs, they do, and I'm not, you know, whatever way you run your business is fine, but I'm also like you. I like the one-on-one approach because what I do is so specialized for my clients. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, it's really about, you know, setting up their life. And I'm sorry, like there's not that group thing for somebody's schedule. Everybody's scheduling will be the same. The habits they're building are not going to be the same. Somebody might be working on, you know, drinking less and, and, and not using necessarily the same types of substances while another person might be working on working out more. And and have and building other relationships. They're, those are different things. Yeah. And the thing about the group is that sometimes it confuses people a lot, especially entrepreneurs who have so many ideas. When you put them in a group, it's like they hear from one person, they're like, oh, maybe I should do that too. Then they hear from another person, I should do that too. So now they're just getting even more overwhelmed with more ideas and more things that they think they need to do because the group is saying it, right? But they don't have anyone to help them like really suss out those ideas of like what's right and what's wrong. And when you're in a stage of your business where you haven't hit six figures or you haven't even hit seven figures, you're not where you want to be in your business. You're just looking for answers. You just want, there must be an answer. So you just want as many answers as possible. But then you're too in the biz, too, too much in the weeds of the business to be able to effectively make like a strategic decision on what's the right answer for you, right? And every answer is going to be different for each different person. And unfortunately, the group doesn't come to that, right? It, does, like, it helps with community, like ensuring, oh, yeah, the other people support me, maybe. Like when you're down and out and you're sad, you know, there's a community of people to go with you, right? You're like, yes, I have a community of people and that's great. But you still got to have the right decisions to make, right? For your business so that you don't end up down and out again, for example. Yeah, that was the whole thing. But what were we talking about? <laughs> I mean, that that does lead me into the next thing. Like, how do you, I guess, and when you're you're trying to remain consistent, knowing, like actually enjoying what you are doing in this whole process of entrepreneurship and and really investing in the right coaches if you if you choose to go that route that you know how how do you find the right coach I feel like in this specific you know that one that will actually how do you know like what's your suggestion on finding the right coach because you've you know you've invested in so many different things um along the process. And I have as well, but I, I definitely think that you've invested more. Um, and in, in regards to what really works for your life during this time when, you know, there's a lot of money stress attached to it. Yeah, I would say, and for me, my experience is like in 2021, I made much better decisions (laughs) by invested in than I did in the prior years. Right. And that's part of the whole money mindset work and the forgiveness that I did. Now I'd say for me, it was my instinct, right? So I started, started just trusting my instinct and the gut feeling and realizing that one, I had an instinct and two, that instinct was great because <laughs> the instinct got me to where I was today, right? Um, and so, or at that time. And so for me, it's definitely just trusting my instinct, right? But now let's say you're, you're someone, you're not at that stage where you trust your instinct. At that point for me, what I do, and this is anytime I, even if I'm making a hiring decision or even if I'm, like, even I was looking um, for someone to help me and support me on my latest project with my business, right? I was like messaging different people. And when I messaged, at the time that I messaged people, they were shocked when I messaged them. So I'm not just like, oh, I don't work on money mindset. I'm messaging you, I'm like, listen. So I don't work on money mindset. And here are my problems. Here is what I've assessed are the issues. 
here is what I'm thinking. Like, what are your thoughts, right? And I'm open to your thoughts, but just so you know, this is where I'm coming from, right? And so people have enough information and data to see whether or not I'm the right fit for them, but also to see, you know, for me to understand, okay, who am I actually looking for? Like, what, what, what are the words that I actually want them to say that makes sense, for example, right? And so let's say, for example, like right now what I'm working on, I'm not sure if this is appropriate for the podcast, let me know if not. No, everything flies. I'm okay. <laughs> but now what I'm working on is especially when I actually something that I um put in my my intention or my next sort of self-aware journey that I'm going on um as of last week. And you know, some people set their intentions for the beginning of the year at the beginning of the year. Me, I'm just a self-aware person, so it just comes up whenever it comes up. So last week, <laughs> last week, uh it was actually was on like sex empowerment and mindset. And so now I'm on this journey of finding like a sex coach or like a sex mindset, but specific, like it's not necessarily. And what I found, for example, right, I did, uh, I had some time to do some research uh, yesterday and I actually even asked one of my peers that I know, I was like, do you know anyone by any chance? I know your relationship, but do you know anyone who's like intimacy, sex coach, whatever? But I was asking someone, or I was looking through like different websites, I found like three people. It's very, it's very rare few. Well, not say rare, but not very many people show up in this space, in the online space, um, which is unfortunate. But essentially I was looking at someone's website and I was like, okay, of these six bullets, like one of them relate, right? Like, like essentially, you get, I can just tell. I was like, okay, one of the bullets relate, other five not so much. But I'll I'll see what she has to say. I'll see what that say. But it was very much like I knew that I could tell like which bullets. And it's like, when I say bullets points for those who are listening, it's kind of like you know when you go on someone's website and they say this is what we're gonna solve this that A B C D E F right or we're gonna help you tackle these problems L M N O and B right. And so I was like, okay, one of them <laughs> seemed to relate to me. One of the pain points relate to me. So I was like, okay, that's enough for me to at least be like, okay, let me let me see what's going out there. Because um, also, I wasn't even finding many options too. And then the other five though, yeah, the other five options, I said, okay, maybe she's not the right fit, you know? Like, uh-uh, maybe a little, uh, right? And I'm hopping on the phone with her and see what she has to say, et cetera, right? But I'm gonna know, but I know from my instinct that when I hop on the phone, I'm just gonna know, I'm just gonna know. Um, whether it's a yes or no. And then I also have options too. So what I do is I also get options. So I don't just like find one person and say, that's the person, right? And I think like when I think about if I was to invest differently in the past, like I would, instead of going, you know, seeing one ad and saying, all right, I need to improve or I want to get into ads or I want to get into Facebook ads, right? Okay, cool. Let me see this, this one ad just pops up in my face. Get into Facebook ads. Instead of just going with that one person that I see, what I would have done Right. Or what I would do differently is I would instead say, okay, this person has shown me this free class. They have this free lead magnet. They have this free class. I'm going to look at this class. Okay, cool. I appreciate those points. All right. I'm going to keep them in mind. And then I'm going to find another two or three ads people. Right. I'm going to ask for recommendations. And the thing is, I make decisions like this all, I think like less than a week to do this stuff, <laughs> by the way. So for me, other people, you know, they'll do this for like six months or for like three years. I take less than a week because once I decide I want I want something, I'm gonna go get it. But I'm gonna go get it without taking like the decisions I used to do for the like the, my first two years of business, which was first person who comes to mind, first person who comes to my my screen, bye, right? Like instead of doing that, now what I do is I do the research that I need to understand. Okay, in the sex coaching industry, what are all the things that people do and like coach on or talk about, right? Okay, of those things people coach on and talk about, which ones actually relate to me or which ones I think relate to me from my limited vantage point of the industry, but also 
on my high vantage point and high awareness of myself. Which ones do I know relate to my problem, right? Of what I have. Okay, cool. Now, who is it that will like sort of connect with those points, so to speak? And when it comes to like energy and all that stuff, you know, once you decide you want to meet that person, that person will come. <laughs> but with that being said, that's essentially the process that I take. And so right now, I know of two sex coaches so I'm working or who I'm essentially going to be doing like consults with just to see who I've outreached to to be like, okay, based on my problems, are you the right person, right? Um, and if so, why do you think you are? Like, like, let me know. What is your case study? What is your example? How do you think you're going to help me? And I, then I see if that makes sense. That's it. I think that's what it comes down to. Um, and I just do the research and get the options. And then I make a decision based on the options that I have. I, at some point though, I do make a decision, right? Like I'm not going to go and find like 15 test coaches and then, then decide. Essentially, it's like, I'll limit my options. Like for example, if I was, oh, person helping me with my new project for my business, I went on Fiverr, went on Fiverr.com. There's so many people on Fiverr.com. I'm not looking at all their profiles. <laughs> I'm looking at maybe 10, 10 of them. I'm like messaging 10 of them. Three of them come back and respond. I'm like, great. Whatever has happened is meant to happen. I have faith that the people who responded are the people I'm meant to communicate with. Cool. With those three people, let's communicate. Let's figure out, let's, you know, do test cases, use cases. Let's see what's going to work. Great. Less than a week later, you, there you go. The person is um, already ready, you're already hired, et cetera, right? And so that is what I essentially, like how I end up basically making the decision and even just choosing now which coaches to work with is I then, I take the time. I would say less than a week though. Take the time to really look at the options and seeing what can happen. And here's the thing. You're saying, oh, Vanessa, I don't have a week. I don't have all that time. Listen, I have so many things going on. If, you, if I could do it in a week, <laughs> you could do it as well, right? It's a matter of not spending five hours researching. Spend two hours researching, do a couple messaging, knowing what you want. Once you know what you want, then you can ask for it and see who's going to be that demand, right? And they may come back with like, well, there's this and there's that. And you can say, hmm, I didn't know that. Thank you for letting me know. Okay, cool. Let me see if I want to buffer or move it or whatever it may be. That sort of decision. Yeah, that was a lot, but... <laughs> No, it's, it's being self-aware is absolutely required for you to be able to have that time frame because you have to really get, get down to know what you want, especially with something as intimate as like a sex coach from like, for instance, on my, on my stance, like I know that like femininity and like being sensual is something that I'm like, it's hard for me because you know what? I'm glad you said that word. I think that maybe that's how I'm, I'm sorry using that word, sensual. Maybe that's, that's what it because, is. Because it's hard yes. for me to do, like I used to be fine with it, but but there's a lot of um, stigma around mm-hmm. being a classy woman that is also likes to be sexy. So it's a, it's a really hard thing to, to do. So, I mean, I, I'm happy you brought up this topic. And um, like, I found that I did a pole dancing class with my friend for her bachelorette party. And I, and I put her, like, we we surprised her with that, like one of the, one of the days. And that was one of the things that I was like, wow, I'm not, um, like, okay with being like open like this. Right. And, and and it, and I think a lot of those problems stem from childhood trauma for me in my, my case, but, um, everybody's situations are different. Um, but I know that that's, that's one of the things for me. And also, I, well, I was training for doing a bikini competition and having to pose and stuff like that. 
that was one of the things that I knew. I knew my sensuality was something that was very difficult for me. I'm so stiff and I'm so like awkward. I feel like, and that, and, and it stems from, um, just feeling like I'm bad for, um, those things, but I heard those that are- voice a lot last week. And that's why I was like, who's that voice? It's not that, like, who? Like, and I was just like, uh-uh, I need to, I need to get rid of this voice. I need to figure this voice out. Okay. We need to get some coaching, <laughs> but yeah, it's good but it, it's definitely that's that's interesting I would definitely you know just from my own experience of battling with something like that I would try out those classes and just just to try those things out before you invest in somebody I've noticed that has just helped me and like being okay dancing like in your own space stuff like that you know I'm just just you know free tidbit from somebody that, that deals with the same shit so no, I appreciate it. Seven, see, see, folks, we put stuff out there and then you get the right you need. You see, look at that. Maybe see, you know what? I'm going to look that up too. You right? You right. I was like, maybe that's the issue. I don't know. But yeah, you right. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate There's that. actually a coach on this that I've like seen um, that's like a stripper coach. And yeah, yeah. It, they, you know, and, and, you know, the money and stuff like that, because it's like, you kind of almost got to, I'll have to say, I'll have to find her thing. I don't remember her name, but I heard about her on a different podcast. I started following her. And so I follow her on Instagram and she's been in business for a while. Um, she, she's done NLP. She talks about how much she's like invested in her business as well, but like, she's so cool with doing like all that stuff. And you, you might not want to twerk on camera. That, that might not be your thing, but you know what? Those tend to be the people that you go to in those situations. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, you know, so it's knowing yourself, it's having that self-awareness, it's doing your due diligence and doing the research, um, you know, that, that'll save you money. So, and for me, like I interviewed seven different business coaches before I hired my first business coach, because I knew I wanted to coach. But but the thing is, I still didn't pick the right the right person for myself. And the because how do you think you ended up picking that person versus the other ones? What do you what do you think ended up happening? I really because um I was naive in business and naive in, in what I wanted. And, mm-hmm. and and you know it was very ego driven. And since growing my business, like you're gonna just make mistakes along the way. Yeah. But I was definitely, I was given a gift and I believe my gift was given from God, but my focus was, okay, well, I'm going to make this, I'm going to do this business and I'm going to be super profitable. Like I looked at, I'm like, I want to be, you know, the female version of Tony Robbins. Like I want to be like that big. I want to be doing all this stuff. But now that I realize more about like Tony Robbins on the, on the scale of like the personal development, I want to, I want to help change the world. And not saying that Tony Robbins doesn't, but Tony Robbins started coaching when he was 17 and he's off in a completely different, um, you know, scale. He's done so much with his life and everything like that. And to compare and want to necessarily be like that right now, isn't going to get me there. I need to build, he is the master of his own life. I need to do that for myself. I can't compare myself to all of these other people. And my coach was very much like Tony Robbins, which I should have honestly done somebody that was very specific for what I wanted to do. I never want it to be 
a business coach. I wanted to, and, and at some point in life when I'm, you know, when I've gotten, when I've made over six figures in my life coaching business, then I will coach life coaches, but there's not a lot of coaches that I even connect with for specifically for life coaches. And that, that work on that aspect of it, not necessarily the business side of it. There's so, I find that the industry is just flooded with business coaches. And, but when yes, and how to, do they, and think of how do they become, because a pattern that I noticed while I, when I entered the online space, I was offline and I went online. It's like everyone did on a pandemic. Well, some people quit their business, like you said. But once you stay and decide to go online, it was like, you notice what happens. Like even Tony Robbins, right? He was a life coach and now he's, pushing a lot of this whole, I'm a business coach, I'm a business coach, hire me for business, hire me for business, right? Um, and so because of that's the transition that some people make, or even unfortunately, what I see a lot in my industry, you'll see people who are, you're a business coach, how'd you get there? Well, first I was an energy coach. Then I decided that I like marketing. So I decided to become a business coach. I was like that, okay, interesting, interesting, interesting. <laughs> but uh, continue, Olivia. No, you, it, it, so it's like, you do have to do your due diligence. And I mean, yeah, you're going to grow and change throughout the whole journey mm -hmm. of entrepreneurship, especially if you're an online content creator, you know, it's, it's so different. I feel like the space that we're living in with, um, and I really feel like it started in 2020 when we all had to go home and everybody started being online so much more. Um, and now, yeah, there's all of these new businesses that opened up and I guarantee you not even, uh, not even 75% of them are going to be successful. I, I really highly doubt that. Especially so with the quitting. Yeah. Unfortunately, I would agree with that. It's sad to hear. Right. But it's the reason why I'm in business. It's so sure people don't quit. They don't have a reason to quit. But yeah, it's unfortunate. But the male business will not succeed. Right. And part of it's going to be because of they don't want to ask for help. Part of it's going to be they don't know that they need help. Part of it's going to be that they're just going to be they're just going to be running around just hearing from other people and just like getting the ads or not doing it, whatever it may be. But yeah, it's unfortunate. But yeah. And yeah. doing what you need to do consistently is one of the biggest things Like you can, you can spend all this money with all these people, but if you don't actually think it's the right decision for yourself, you ain't going to do it. Yeah. So <laughs> like, like it's, it's you got to do the work they're telling you to do. Yeah. And a lot of times people charge the money they do. So people will do the work, but they won't even do the work or it might not be applicable. I'm not, you know, talking about, yeah. or they do the work. And it still doesn't work because the work wasn't really even meant for them. Yeah. It was meant for someone else at some other stage at some other time, right? The work wasn't even meant for them. So even if they, like, for example, I remember one, one of my clients, she had been um, in a mastermind for a good four months, spending like $3,000 a month on this mastermind, part of this community, great. And she had this one, and I remember because she was, we were in the same sort of like pod and group, so to speak. And she literally, the first day she joined the group, she had a question about her business. Four months later, she had that same question. And I was like, girl, <laughs> I'm on this phone right now because you are not, I told you, pay for a session with me. And like, we literally just got her through the clarity in one session than she did in like the four months, right? Because yet, but she was doing the work. She was attending all the calls. She was like doing the launches that they told her to do. She was doing the work, but something just still wasn't clicking. She mm -hmm. was like, 
okay, what's not working? She thought the same question because she thought that was the problem. And it's one of those things where if you're, you can still do the work and still not, still doesn't help you because it's not the work you were supposed to do to begin with. Like it's just not even the work that you should be doing for your business or for your life because it wasn't even the right solution for you at the time, right? And I think that's probably part of like maybe what you had described for your business coach that you hired where you were doing the work, but it wasn't even the right work, right? Like they were teaching you something about business, but you were looking for like life coach. Like it was, yeah, but yeah. Yeah, his marketing was was very much towards getting leads in general, mm-hmm. but not, and I definitely starting out, like I needed somebody that was a lot more specific for what I was doing and also just developing my craft more and one that had actually focused on, you know, because everybody touches on the mindset piece, every, every area, because mindset is so big in business. Yeah. yeah. Um, 80% of it. I think. Yeah. It's, it's huge. You know, it's believing that you can do the work you can, you know, you can succeed. You, you can talk to the potential clients, you, you know, reaching out to people, you know, things like that, but also you know, building and nurturing relationships is something that I wish that was focused on, you know, having that email list and growing your email list and, and really nurturing the people that you have, that client retention, um, so many different aspects of that, that I wish that were focused on now that I know, but it, it's just, yeah, it's been, it's been a ride. Um, I'm happy. I'm happy with, but you know, there, there is that forgiveness piece that yeah. you have to have when, you know, starting a business. I, I really feel like this is a definitely like, okay, this is for you. If you started a new business this year and you have no idea what to do, how, how to do it. I think that's what this podcast is really about. I love it though. I love it because, you know, we, we definitely are adding insight that most people don't even hear these, these conversations. The majority of success in business comes from the things that are not seen. Yeah. Yeah. I think about even just the idea that, you know, people, they're seeing the people on stage, right? They're seeing them on stage. They're seeing them, you know, talk, but what they don't see is the person five minutes backstage, right? Five minutes before they even hop on the stage or, you know, just, what are they doing after they talk on the stage, right? Or like, how do they get to that stage? A lot of people don't talk about that. And part of the reason is because it is difficult to talk about, right? Because if you haven't yet forgiven yourself for the mistake that you made, you don't want to talk about that mistake. <laughs> and so it's really difficult to like bring that mistake up, right? And be vulnerable, so to speak, sensual in that way. You know, vulnerability is it's a sign of sensuality, I think, right? Uh, <laughs> but, uh, with that being said, right? And it can be difficult to get into those discussions, you know? And I hope that you know, when I get to, when I, as I continue on with success, right, or maybe when I get to that Tony Robbins level, uh, I'll also continue to talk about, you know, these moments of, you know, it's not, it wasn't all, what do you call it, what's the, what's the phrasing, it wasn't all strawberries, so I don't know, there's some phrase, but it was, <laughs> you know, and they talk about it, we just don't listen. Oh, there's that too, yeah. There's also you know, that. we ignore the fact, oh yeah, it was hard, we don't really understand when they, when they, when they, when they talk about, yeah, no, it was really difficult, you're going to have these days that are, Oh yeah. Okay. That's fine. I can do that. No, but when you go through it, you'll be like, Oh my God, they never talk about this. No, they, they, yeah. they mentioned that you just didn't want to listen. Yeah. 
Usually they mention it for like a sentence or two. They mention it for like true. They don't. They don't. You have, to really, you have to really listen. You have to really listen to be like, ah. Uh-huh. They yeah. don't. They don't go into detail. So how um how can people connect with you? Um, what is it like working with you? Let's uh, let's before you go. I would love to you know have you share that. Yeah, happy to connect with people. So the best way to reach out to me, the easiest way, the more simplest way. Uh, either connect with me on Facebook or LinkedIn, and then just send me a message saying, hey, heard you on Olivia's podcast, love to connect. Uh, that's the easiest way, essentially, and uh, happy to then send you a look at my calendar out for 20 minutes, underwhelm your overwhelmed business sessions or introduction conversations. And what we do is really understand what's happening with you and your business and your life, and then seeing if it makes sense to work with me. Uh, what does that mean, if it makes sense to work with me, if we're fit to work together? What does that mean? Two-way relationship. So it is... First of all, you got to figure out if you want to work with me, right, as a person on the call. But also at the same time, you know, I then help to understand whether or not that person on the call is a fit to work with me, right? And so what I usually do, you know, if someone's not a fit, I definitely give them a solution because I'm not a fit. I know, probably know, I probably know someone who is. Um, I do a lot of networking. I probably know someone who may be the right fit for them or who may be the right fit to essentially solve their problem. Um, And then essentially the first step there. So first, message me on Facebook or LinkedIn, and then let's hop on the phone and see you know, where are you at with your business? Where are you looking to go and seeing what are the actual problems that you have? And does my solution actually fit in the match with that problem? So yeah, And then I also have a class as well too. So if you're like, but well, Vanessa, I'm still in the DIY phase. Okay, cool. That's totally fine. You don't want help? That's cool. So I offer a masterclass um, that essentially will go step-by-step into detail of my hustle and breeze framework. 13 steps that I help my clients with the complete business revival system for overwhelmed entrepreneurs. And so we will go into how to grow your purpose-driven business without burnout, without sleep deprivation, and without meditation. And that will go into how to find the time to do it all, balance all the hats that you have, um, how to unstuck your income so that you're productively and effectively growing your business, how to you know show that your marketing is running efficiently. So I'll go into my number one digital marketing hack as well. And so, yeah, all things, time management, business efficiency, business strategy, marketing strategy, um, online and offline marketing as well, too. And so we'll be going into all those details in my 90-minute workshop, the complete business revival system for overwhelmed entrepreneurs. And I think that link is at the bottom, uh, but essentially the link is yourbusinessrevival.com. That's your, Y-O-U-R, businessrevival.com. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Vanessa, for being on. It was a pleasure. I love that we got connected. And um, I'm looking forward to working more with you in the future. Happy to connect. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Empowered Woman Badass and Unfiltered Podcast. If you found any value in this, please consider sharing and subscribing. Now go out and be a badass.